0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 357 on Tuesday, the 6th of October 2020. Hello, I'm Alan.
1: Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be asking, but why can't Japan be considered as the same place as the United Kingdom? We'll also be putting on our thinking caps as to what we can do over the weekend of the 7th and 8th of November. And we see how Lego is being used to prevent injuries from car crashes. But first, we have
0: no fun. <laughs> i am so happy we are not mentioning germany on holiday again a or something. court case of any kind this week i really am you've done that and now next week it's just going to be a crushing amount of sort of
1: i'll still be on a high from this week it'll be fine i, won't in be. I won't court
0: and <laughs> wherever to.
1: why don't you take us alan and talk about some spreadsheets that we can rely on
0: yes well Yes, we can, I suppose, or as as much as you, you ever can whenever car dealers and registrations are involved. The September new car registration figures, year on year, they are down. Yep. They are down 4.4%. Wow. That's not bad. Is that all? I don't feel. Well, oh, that's it. <laughs> They and you know, it goes on, it's the usual thing. It goes into there's just 328,041 cards registered, and that's the lowest September volume recorded since 1999.
1: This century, I saw a lot of this centuries used oh, in, really? in depressing headlines. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's ruddy good. I am amazed it's that close. I'm very happy that it is, but I am amazed it's that close.
0: Yeah, so so am I. Uh, I really am. Obviously, up would be better, but really, it's pretty good. Yeah, Looking at the numbers in a little bit more detail, year-on-year, year, petrol down 20%, diesel down 38%, and Bev, Fev, and Hevs are up 103%. Uh, mild hybrids, of which there were basically none a year ago, are up 215.1%. It's a car with a big alternator, everyone. Yes, quite. (laughs) Most sales were private. Now, private sales were only down 1.1%. Fleet sales were down about 6%. Business sales was where it really tanked. They were down 31.9%. Mm-hmm. Uh year to date figures so far down thirty three point two percent on last year. Uh, which isn't surprising given there was six months of near nothingness.
1: Yeah, consider you know, to be a third down after six months of as you say, nothing, I think mm-hmm. is remarkably good.
0: Uh, yeah, me too. Showilla take a quick look at the best sellers then. I think we should there's a little bit of of, of jiggling about has gone on here, and some unusual entries. Yeah. So, uh, cue up the sign the swinging symbol as we hit number ten, the Ford Focus, with uh, five thousand six hundred and twenty five units sold, with twenty eight more units registered. Registered. down I do every month.
1: No, but the list itself says best sellers. <laughs> it which does. Is wrong. Sorry,
0: it says best sells at the top of the list, and that's what catches me every time. And I know it's and I know it's not right. And it still gets me. Anyway, number nine, Volvo XC forty. Well with done. Twenty eight units more. Yeah.
1: I'm seeing a lot of
0: those. Number eight is the Mini. Number seven is the Ford Puma with six thousand three hundred and forty one. I'm seeing loads of those. You pull a face, you shake your head, but quite frankly, they're what people want to buy, uh, and they're priced where people want to pay. And I, I
1: get I know I am in a massive minority when it comes to the Puma.
0: Yeah. And I actually don't think it looks too bad. It's a little bit goldfishy, but it's not bad. Uh, number six is the Nissan Qashqai. And eventually, 1,000 more than at number 10, or just over the 1,000 more than at number 10, at number five is the Volkswagen Golf 6,788. Polo comes in fourth. The Mercedes-Benz A-Class comes in at third.
1: Is that, is that seems like one of their best ever months.
0: It probably is, certainly for the A class anyway. Mm. Um, with um eight thousand and eighty five. Bit of a step again of just under fifteen hundred to the Ford Fiesta at <gasps> nine thousand five hundred and forty seven. I know it's not at the top. Shock horror. But number one is the Vauxhall Corsa, ten thousand five hundred and fifty three. So that's that's just over a thousand more than than the Fiesta this month. Well done, Vauxhall. Yeah, much closer between Fiesta and Corsa at the very top of the list. For the year-to-date, by the way, 39,436 Fiestas, 35,735 Corsas. I've started to see a lot of Corsas around at the minute. Could be because there's a Vauxhall dealership uh, in town, uh, of course. Before we go to the manufacturer's spreadsheet or doom, worth taking a very, very quick look and extending your agony by looking at the light commercial registrations. Mm -hmm. Because whilst we go mostly down, mostly down, mostly down, the light commercials, so that's anything up to six tons, okay, encompasses pickups, four-wheel drives, vans up to three and a half tons, and then essentially rigid trucks from three and a half to six tons. Yep. They are up year-on-year change, 26.4%. Biggest rise of all comes in vans, two and a half to three and a half ton, up forty. That's four zero point nine percent. So people converting them to camper vans. <laughs> that's a lot. I I think it's uh, I think it's or people getting ready for Christmas. <laughs> I think it's people getting ready for Christmas, spraying them grey with yellow steps and and all that kind of thing. Mm. So that if you want to see a, a shift in what's needed, what people are doing. And and people's shopping habits, then I think that that essentially the common delivery van size being up forty percent, the slightly smaller two to two and a half ton, Mm. so that's a Vivaro, uh, for example, is uh, is up eleven point six percent. The other thing which I never realised, just the market dominance. I've always thought for ages that the Sprinter must be outselling the Transit, just because you see lots of Sprinters. No way. The Ford Transit Custom, so that's that the sort of mid-sized Transit, 8,437 registered. The big Transit, so generally one with a double wheel at the back, Yeah, uh, the Julie's, 3,764 registered, yeah. and that's just above the Ranger. But Number one, Ford Transit Custom, 8,437. Number two, Ford Transit, non-custom, 3,764.
1: Which will be why we saw a, a bit of, for a change, talk from some of the Ford car people about the launch of one of the Transits.
0: Yes, yes, which sadly I couldn't go to. I was actually invited to the, the Transit Custom one at Milbrook.
1: And it does, it does look good with the yeah. cladding on it. You know, are yeah, you know, yeah. a sucker for cladding, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, with that sort of uh, the Ford uh, Raptor style style grille yeah. looked fantastic, and the um, some of them you could get with a uh, limited slip front diff looked a business. I was I was kind of sad where I just uh, I had a day of meetings scheduled and I just couldn't cancel them quickly enough. I didn't have enough time. As I was saying, the Transit Custom year to date there have been almost twice as many registered as the Mercedes Benz Sprinter, which is the next most registered van in this section. Wow! Crazy, crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we don't. Uh, th- this isn't going to become a thing. It's just the difference between the two was so stark this, this month yeah. or last month that it was well worth mentioning. Do we want to very quickly zip across the spreadsheet, O oh, Doom and Gloom?
1: Yes, I will uh, dash down the doom and you can bring us up with the cheery, cheeriness that is the few mm. that have done quite well. So, Alfa Romeo is down nearly 34%. BMW is down a big chunk by 23.74%. So what that really means is 27,834 were registered last year, and it is down to 20, 21,225 this year.
0: That's just for September. Yeah,
1: that's just for September. So Citroen is down 20%. Hyundai had a bad month They're down 19%. Jaguar, another bit of a stinker of a month, nearly 34%. Maserati, nearly 19%, but that's <laughs>
0: that's not many. Really? Okay. No, it isn't.
1: However, it's not bad. Mazda's uh, nearly 20% is a bit. Uh, it's nearly um, 1,500 down. Uh, Mercedes-Benz, this is a big drop, 22.62%. So in 2019, that was 30,398. This year, 23,522, so that's quite a drop. Mini down 28.34, and considering the Mini was in the top 10 as well. uh, Mitsubishi uh, down 38%. Subaru uh, down 48.29, that's just 272%. Registered vehicles, which I saw someone somewhere had worked, I think it was Tristan, had worked out it was something like three point something car per showroom, which doesn't sound like an incredibly sustainable business.
0: They're incredibly confused at the minute, Subaru. Uh, I just don't know.
1: They are. They are not. They do not seem to be maximizing what they. Well, for me, I feel they're very good at Hmm. at the moment. But uh, we can, of course. The merging podcast can help you, Subaru, with consultancy fee. Never mind. Uh, down. Vauxhall is down twenty eight percent from twenty seven thousand four hundred three to nineteen thousand six hundred fourteen, and other British is down nearly thirty percent. Right, cheer us up, Alan. Come on.
0: Right. Actually, I feel this is more cheery than you were gloomy there. So, starting, I'll start at the bottom, shall I? Yeah. Uh, other imports, by the way, up fifty eight percent. So t- somewhere in there are the Tesla. Yes, even though they didn't have a very good quarter. Volkswagen up thirty nine point two percent. Suzuki up forty two percent. Yes, Smart. good. Yeah, I'm, pl- I'm, I'm that It's one of those ones. That there's, there's there's many in here that you kind of root for. I yes,
1: don't know. I, I feel the plucky underdog Suzuki. Mm. So I always mm-hmm. feel when you get in the car, you go. Actually, this is quite nice, and people don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I feel similar to Subaru, to be honest. Smart up 153.92%. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on.
1: 320
0: instead of 126. Whoever's gone
1: for 320 smarts, please put your hand up and let us know. Because this was a brand that was in massive freefall until this month. Mm. So someone's put a bulk order... (laughs) Is it Domino's doing deliveries
0: across... I don't know. You do wonder if it is a fleet purchase, don't you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're down 73% year on year yeah. overall. Uh, Skoda up 18%. MG up 169.11%. So uh, poor month for them. Uh, they- <laughs> They've got a new-, new car launch and everything. Mm. Dacia up 22%. Bentley up 72%. Audi up... I'm sorry goodness yes Uh, there was a moment of have i read that correctly is this in a row or a column (laughs) yes audi up 71.83 percent on september last year up to 21,893 vehicles registered instead of 12,741
1: That's massive. There must have been
0: some glitch, some glitch in the matrix. I mean, they're still down 28% year on year, but actually that's not bad compared to other manufacturers. That's
1: surprisingly good. I think I'll phrase that
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. very surprisingly good. Before we go, in the show notes will be a couple of links, extra links. There was a few Twitter conversations that happened, which will flesh out some extra context to the figures that you may wish to uh, look at if you're so interested. So they will be in our show notes as ever.
0: You'll be pleased to have moved on from that. Yes, Andrew, a little bit of Brexity news.
1: Yes, we found out this in the last week that car parts from Japan and Turkey that are going to be used in the UK will not be treated as British. So therefore if the car is exported, particularly thinking of Europe, that will see higher tariff. Now I'm i I'm a bit confused by this because once I heard I once I saw it, I was like, but how how were we going to say something that came from Japan or Turkey was British? Yeah, I know. I, I don't understand it, but this also does have implications for, particularly thinking uh, the EV side of things, because at the minute we do not have the supply chain in this country that can can supply enough parts for an EV that mm-hmm. will be British based, as mm-hmm. as it stands and as will happen at the end of the year. And it's going to take a few years to get to that position. So. This will impact EVs, and so that's another that's another sort of mini sector of the uh, industry that's got to be uh that's going to be looked at and worried about. But I, I, I just, I, I, but I'm stuck with the. How did you think that was ever going to be okay?
0: Yeah, I know, I know, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, just, just that it, that's that's how important export works. It's funny, it came up just after i was speaking to a friend who who works in in export about country of origin and these kind of things and then this and i was like oh okay that makes a lot of sense because it is the very original country of origin Mm. so just because you import something into the uk and then sell it to america um it still gets all the chinese duty added onto it because the you know it was originally made in china it just doesn't stop being chinese because it's landed at a port in the UK for two days.
1: Yeah, the marketing built in Britain does not work mm. when it comes to tariffs and taxes. <laughs> no, <laughs> they no see exactly. They see slightly deeper than that. Uh, but yeah. again, in the show notes, there will be another um, Twitter thread from uh, Pernille uh, Rudlin, who we've mentioned before and we have referred to before. She's based out in Japan, and she brought us the uh, breaking news from the Nikkei, that said that Toyota, Nissan and other car makers are now going to ask the UK government for, to compensate them for any tariffs imposed should they fail to conclude uh, FTA with the EU. So by that statement, do we think we may have a bit of a hint of what was promised to Nissan by Mrs May?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I think that we were all quite aware. I think, I think most of us had guessed that that's yes. what it was
1: seems that that's been hammered home now
0: and i would imagine that toyota are looking for similar and uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh on the other hand jaguar mm-hmm. back to a two-shift production pattern at uk plants so they've part of uh what we've just been saying about the radiation to help clear out some of their backlog some of their um their inventory uh so so back to actually making new stuff good one of the things by the way i've noticed about because i happened to be on it the other day uh, irrespective of this by the way it was just me playing because i do that occasionally was specking stuff up and it makes it very very easy to say actually we've got these ones which you might be interested in which are available very very quickly from stock so that if you go actually i quite like the burgundy instead of the green Mm. and it would be available in in a week, as opposed to available in three months, especially if the, everything's still shut down, then you know people will go. Well, actually, you know, I'll have the burgundy instead.
1: Okay, I'm taking complete credit for that. For me having the hissy fit on the podcast about how no one was
0: answering the phones and replying. <laughs> when you weren't shop, sorry, you weren't shopping for a Jaguar, though. No,
1: but the way that the industry has turned itself around and is now very responsive and very much able to do things
0: this was this was before then yes yeah
1: (laughs) i'm still going to take credit i need i need some good news i need some i need a pat on the back from something
0: okay (laughs) and a lump of sugar yeah
1: yes please uh right okay take us to some road
0: safety news a quick one from the Northamptonshire Telegraph, well known and regular source of information for the motoring podcast. Well, for one of us anyway. Grant Chap, Secretary of State for Transport, has agreed to commission a review of road safety around 10 air bases across the, the UK. And this follows on from the death of Harry Dunn uh, near RAF Crowton last year with the, the challenge of, of people accidentally driving on the wrong side of the road when leaving US run air bases where they drive on the right
1: yeah yeah it's going to it's going to start um with that base and it's starting in this month i believe according to this mm-hmm. telegraph so it'll be interesting to see what they what results they actually or conclusions they come to yes um because that's going to be quite a conversation they're going to have to have with the strategic partner because mm-hmm. it would it will mean changes in how their personnel do things and yeah. are they going to ask them to do that on the base leading up to being off the base so that or if you see what i mean it's sort of like, I, a, yes. sort of like a, a quarantine zone where people have to change whilst they're still yeah. on the base of so people could see them before they get off onto the public road
0: yes yeah well that kind of thing could happen i suppose and i know that Yeah, some places, I am sure that in some places it will be easier than others. It will depend on the way that the security is set up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's important work. It's very
0: important. Yeah, yeah, it's an important one. I thought it was well worth mentioning, even if just quickly.
1: Yeah. Right, another quick one. Uh, We talked about the DVLA and their online offerings uh, in June for the V5C logbook that you could update information online which would bring down the wait time from six weeks to five days and that seemed to work quite well so now they've done another phase
0: it does it works really well by the way because i did it with the oh no that's the change of ownership one i did Mm. the change of ownership one on the donorola body shell and that went through phenomenally quickly and was really really easy online
1: yes it was for us as well Mm. Uh, when we did things but this is now if you are looking for a duplicate logbook so like you your paper logbook is damaged or you've lost it or something like that to get a replacement now you can do that via their online system and you should get it within five days it'll cost you 25 quid
0: which is what it costs already
1: yep so there's nothing extra there and i think this is a great idea and I can see why they're doing it, particularly as the advice is to not go into the office if you can help to not go into the office again. So this just makes sense. But it but it also helps
0: streamline their processes. Which has been a long time coming.
1: Yes. In
0: the case of the DVLA, it's been a very long time coming. Yeah. Uh, there have been attempts in the past, I believe, but they didn't really come to anything uh, visible from the outside.
1: Yeah. Oh, just talking of the... Um, change of address for the vehicle logbook that's been used 300 times already
0: no it's been used three hundred thousand. times. sorry 300... oh,
1: yes god dear. it's been <laughs> a long day this is why alan <laughs> does the live maths i can't even read the numbers let alone add them up or take them away but yeah so that goes to show that it's working it, it, that they can get it to work but i like the fact that they are doing things in incremental steps
0: <laughs> sorry
1: well it, it just yes rather than say we're going to have all our services online now i think they look they are doing it a step at a time and they are ironing out kinks and problems that we not necessarily would see whereas we would be the first to or you know us the public would be the first to shout up and down and go you're useless yeah and that doesn't seem to be what's happening
0: no no, it doesn't. I think they've been stung in the past, to be honest. They've yeah. been stung really quite badly in the past DVLA. It,
1: it does appear that they're listening and thinking about it. So, mm. mm-hmm. Right, for for the next uh, article, I'm going to hand us over to our uh, e-scooter specialist correspondent, who will whiz in in a moment.
0: Stunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's... Uh... there are mutterings from a transport committee.
1: It's a bit stronger than mutterings.
0: A transport committee of MPs has said that uh, e-scooters should be legalized on roads, but riding on pavements should be prohibited. And this includes uh, privately owned e-scooters. I'm slightly stumped on this one because I think there's lots of good stuff in there, but I do believe that the... standard of e-scooter or the type of e-scooter being used should be regulated more closely. So anyone who's who's bought one off a market stall three years ago, I think, is very different to what should be allowed uh, on the road. I think there should be some way of showing that you have some form of insurance uh, on it. I think there should possibly be some form of identification on it. And so I think there should be some of those things because the things that I liked best to get people into the correct habits for using uh, these kind of devices and these kind of vehicles are things that you just don't get with a with an off-the-shelf bought-off Amazon one that you might get. So there is nobody there who is going to be checking that that, you know, who's... There's nobody there you can report it to when somebody's just left them in the middle of the street or in the middle of the pavement.
1: But if it's your own. If it's
0: your own, you're more likely to be, yeah. Okay, the flip side is I realized as I was saying, if it's your own, you're more likely to look after it better. Because I did see some in Milton Keynes, for example, that were obviously people's own that were being illegally ridden, uh, but that were neatly lashed to a to a bike rack parking thing
1: well now you've mentioned the bike thing here just to play devil's advocate because i'm not disagreeing with you in any way but if there isn't the requirement for insurance and identification on a bicycle and you can go faster than 15 miles an hour and you are not supposed to ride them on a pavement what's the diff can you see where i'm coming from what's the difference
0: i can understand that i think for me to be honest it's the bulk of the thing that you're trying to maneuver i mean you, you uh, t- to be honest mate uh, there is no difference around here mm. no no I know, everyone yeah. rides back and forth from work on the pavements and i'm bleeding sick of almost being run over by morons with no lights on or anything like that so don't get me started on that man. <laughs> there isn't i think that in crowded areas then i think people feel it's less of a an in position to ride on the pavement, even though you can still reach eventually those speeds. One of the things I think about any that are type approved mm. for the UK, and I think the ones that you buy should have to go through some form of type approval. I agree, yeah. Then, I'm going to say, then they should be speed limited. I know that people will, of course, within a week, have worked out how to undo the speed limiting.
1: Oh, there'll be YouTube channels and all sorts of things. Yeah, of course.
0: Because I would. Hmm. sorry i would go in and look and see how to do it so i there's a huge hypocrisy there
1: what i would say to all all these uh and this goes to the people who are worried or negatively thinking about the e-scooters because i was for a long while but i sat and had to think about it and i'm just thinking but if you compare it to a bicycle there's not a lot of difference really not really no in in what can be done, what shouldn't be done, and all that sort of thing. So you, you sort of think that the real answer is there needs to be more police visible, which would stop mm-hmm. people trying to chance their arm and do something daft, like hair through a pedestrianised zone of a town centre on yeah. a bike or an e-scooter.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I know that they're pretty hot on that round here, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. There will be a spike in the amount of scooter-related... About, to coin a technical phrase uh welcome back the european siren oh, that we no, have not come used on, for ages oh no that's too that's allowed you
1: you want the youngest windscreen to be saying behind a mask <laughs> to someone behind a screen the t word that you just said
0: <laughs> oh it's a bulky pratting about it. um <laughs> then it's <laughs> then uh
1: Yes, there will be that, and that will be the flavour of the month as far as the press is concerned, to say how dreadful this new thing is, and then it will will. die off.
0: Everything new is dreadful. Yes, of
1: course. Change is very, very bad.
0: Yeah, but it it will die off, and then we'll just get used to them, and then it won't really be a thing anymore. No, It's like Boris Bikes. Hmm. It's a similar issue.
1: I I have to say, in this uh, Sky News article, which is linked in the show notes, what did make me laugh was the committee chair, Hugh Merriman, saying... If this gets people out of the car, reducing congestion and exercising in the open air, then even better. What exercise are you doing on an e-scooter? Do do share that with me, committee chair, Hugh Merriman, because you just stand
0: there. <laughs> have you have you been on one? No. No, right. Now, well, there you go. Shut up. You do actually quite a lot because, of course, you're moving, you're balancing, it's it's core muscles. No. It's, it's oh, if you're, you're using if you're there. using one of if you're using one of those lime ones you're getting it's it's like going on one of those vibration over cobbles it's like going on one of those vibration plate things that seem to be popping up where vape stores have closed and you across it it's it's uh, sorry people listening on headphones uh, but um but yeah yeah no there, there is there is I guess there's, there's, there's exercise in there do you get more exercise and fresh air than sitting on a bus. Yeah. Do so you get more exercise and fresh air than driving in your car? Yeah. So there you go. It's better than two very low exercise things.
1: <laughs> it's more exercise than being dead. Well done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's move on because we've got lots more to talk about today and we've spent rather longer on that than I expected.
1: Okey-doke. So I'm going to move us on to the news that Euro NCAP with Thatcham Research has launched a new assisted driving assessment. Because legislation and car manufacturers are installing more and more driver assistance technology, Euro NCAP has decided they're going to give a safety star rating to these – sorry, a a rating – to go alongside the safety star rating.
0: Sorry did did you did you say they were going to charge the manufacturers for rating these?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh
0: sorry, that was because that was what I thought I heard first.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, if we remember, Euro NCAP's uh, a business, and their business is to make sure that uh, there are more and more things tested to show that they're safe and how safe they are, and how wonderfully good they are doing to make sure that us as users are safe.
0: Moving on from this, though. I think it's fair to say that this is probably probably overall a good thing.
1: The concept is I applaud. Mm-hmm. The press release I do not applaud, but I'm not going to get into no, that. No,
0: but don't go into that no. because it's not really worth it because it's only a press release.
1: Yeah, so what they're going to do is they're going to award four grades. So it's going to be very good, good, moderate or entry. And what they're looking at are things like how it uh, stays in lane, so it's lane-keeping assist, uh, adaptive cruise control, uh, braking, uh, as well as uh, driver monitoring mm-hmm. to see how the car keeps the driver engaged, is how they try and put it.
0: Do you know what I like about this? What's that? In comparison to the SAE levels of autonomy, which is what everybody has been spouting oh, so far. Yes. And yeah, yeah, I know. I know, you know, I know. We know because we do it more. and the, the manufacturer says we're doing this level of autonomy and uh you're all right what i do like about this is that it splits it down into certain different into what is it four different three different criteria pardon me you see i can't do the math now vehicle assistance driver engagement safety backup mm. and it actually looks at how well it does it not just saying yeah it's level four but actually but is it any good at doing that
1: Uh, Yes, but I suspect it only looks at does it do exactly what they say it's going to do on the tin. And like Hmm. with the automatic emergency braking, they do not in any way test for any false positives and stuff like that.
0: Okay, let's just remember on that that this is the first cut of doing this. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm sure that the methodology will be refined. Nobody's done this before. I think it's a good start.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, uh, I would like I really it to be applauded. a bit
0: more refined. I'd like it to be a bit more dimensional. Yeah. But whatever the heck it is, it's better than that unidimensional SAE ratings where somebody just says it's this with no anything behind it.
1: Absolutely. They are giving something to the average punter on the street who will vaguely get an idea now. Whereas before, whenever someone says we're a level two plus, people just go, what?
0: What? It's full self driving, mate.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's full self testing. That's what we'll do. It's it's full self full self autonomous testing. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So uh, if you click through on the show notes, there is the Motor and Research article, which uh, actually goes through the first graded vehicles, and they're put through on the and the various rankings. So uh, have a little look at that, and you might get a surprise or two from where certain manufacturers are placed, particularly if you
0: have seen some of the marketing they don't have a press office anymore we can say what we want
1: i know well i said whatever i wanted anyway yes exactly
0: <laughs> to be fair <laughs> right move on come on right a quick one A uh, very quick one for the britain boss andy barrett has taken a leave of absence a very short notice and the sales director lisa brankin is setting in and deputizing nobody really knows why Uh, we hope it's nothing bad
1: yes so moving on to the next item that is that a lotus has received or won some government funding thanks to providing the winning uh, application to the advanced propulsion center which I think's at Warwick
0: Uni. I think it is too. Now you say that
1: because so much of that stuff is around there. But I think it's at Warwick Uni, and it's to do with they won for their application to the Advanced Route to Market Demonstrator Competition. <laughs> Which just,
0: snappy, yeah.
1: That must be a very tiny trophy with an incredibly long label <laughs> sticking out either side.
0: It's like my business card here.
1: Lotus uh, won this for their uh, Lightweight Electric Vehicle Architecture, or LEVA. come more acronyms and mm-hmm. <laughs> capital letters. It's a lever. Yes, yeah. it's a lever. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, we'll use that yeah. one. The idea behind that is it's going to showcase the new battery electric vehicle, chassis, and powertrain concepts. Uh, they're going to work with the funding that they've received. They will work in partnership with lightweight engineering specialist Sarginson's Industries, I think, uh, as well as uh, as a team from Brunel University in London. So that's great news because they've had to delay the their all-electric hypercar to next year, I think, now. I think yes. it's middle of next year now it's coming out thanks to um yeah it is mid 2021 because of um the whole pandemic and lockdowns and stuff like that so well i mean that that must be that must be gratifying for all the team at, at lotus and must also make geely who, who we've got to remember now own lotus feel that they have made the right steps because they're being recognized for their engineering and ideas
0: yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not there was anything ever anything wrong with Lotus's engineering. No, really, it's, it's one of those things. But they actually have the funding and drive to be able to take it forward. I think is a big, big, yeah, step change.
1: And if they can show they can, they can bring extra funding in to help. Then obviously Geely would be delighted with that. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Right, take us to an ex VW boss that isn't. And we're talking about an article that isn't, doesn't involve going to court over something.
0: <laughs> well, yes, it doesn't really involve going to court, but it doesn't really involve staying in Volkswagen either, does it? No. Peich Automotive, which is a Swiss EV startup founded by Tony Peich, the son of the late Volkswagen Group boss Ferdinand Peich, they released a car in what was meant to be the Geneva Motor Show uh, this year. Uh, but. But now, uh, we're having developed a concept a little bit more, they're out and they're looking for for industry bigwigs. And where better to go for the son of the former head of Volkswagen than Volkswagen? <laughs> so yeah. yes, uh, Matthias Muller, who was the former head of Volkswagen, is going to become the uh, the chairman. Well, if
1: promoting from within has from within Volkswagen has never gone wrong at all in any shape or form, then why why? You know, ruin a wonderful system.
0: It's a little bit unfair that because the chief technology officer is a chap called Klaus Schmidt, who was previously the chief engineer at BMW Motorsport, and uh the a chap guy, from Tesla as well. CEO aren't they? is Andreas Henke for Porsche, and the yes, the head of sales is Jochen Rudert, who reported directly to Elon Musk at Tesla, which is a, a way to Get beheaded very quickly. <laughs> yes,
1: no, but but what they're they're saying their car can do sounds interesting also the fact that the technology is not going to f- follow the conventional skateboard hmm. but there's going to be more <laughs> modular platform so that'll be interesting to see if the different way of doing it works
0: as ever you wonder that if it does work or is there really the sports car is just there as a way of uh of realizing the patent and realizing the uh you know realizing the technology in the background so the technology can be licensed or sold off
1: yeah they'll be joining nokia saying how do you do it yes quite <laughs> Right. uh, In what is going to turn out to be quite a mammothy episode for us for a while, and it looks like people from the news world of the motoring side of things has listened to our pleas and complaints from the last couple of weeks. I think that's the end of
0: the first part, Alan. Yay, which means it's guilt minute where I still haven't rewritten the spiel. Uh, It's that point in the show when we remind you to think about and consider what the Motoring Podcast is worth to you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, then please head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button uh, right there on the front page. Uh, Those of you who are already patrons, then thank you so very much. It matters lots we understand though, that not everyone has the ability to do this so please don't forget to like rate and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice if you've done all that then you really are wonderful but how's about costing a friend who you think you'd enjoy this and telling them about us as well if for some reason you don't actually subscribe to the show and we've been trying to make it really really easy to do this over the last couple of months yeah then how's about doing so for free using a podcast player no matter what your platform uh, generally if you follow links in the tweets uh, in the days after the uh, after each show then it will take you to the stream and to the appropriate player and it'll be a piece of cake mm-hmm. and it will mean that we can come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next awesome show yes don't want to miss out we also have merch com. and click click
1: on the shop button. Yes, do, please. Get a cup that I still haven't seen. <laughs> well, I have seen from a distance via a webcam. You've seen it,
0: you've seen mine. From a you've webcam. have
1: people- I have not sampled, because <laughs> I'm told by listeners who have purchased that drinks taste massively better. This may or may not actually be true in your own circumstances, terms and conditions apply.
0: Uh, <laughs> The reason my mug's over here is because it's not actually one of those, because I'm not that smart.
1: Right, come on. There is a bit of Formula E news. Uh,
0: There is a bit of Formula E news, yes. Two bits, actually. The first is that Nissan are going to be starting the the new Formula E season with their old powertrain, and they're going to hold out until the first European race before upgrading to the new one. Mm. Uh, It seems to be something that's allowable under the regulations so that's what they're going to do i
1: think it was due to uh, people saying hang on with the pandemic and the lockdowns costs are now an issue mm. and plus there's been a struggle to do as much testing and development as they would have liked through finance and actually being allowed near a track so they've allowed them the, the, you can do it in two stages but you have to declare before the season starts what's suggested in the race article that's linked in the show notes is that the, the, Nissan won't be the only one who go down this route? Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a second piece there which really starts to turn into a supplemental lunchtime read. Yep. It's really interesting. It's from the race again. It's by Sam Smith again, uh, and it's talking about the it's talking about the contingencies of contingencies that Formula E are putting in place for the next season mm. because whilst they are being held up as a paradigm of of just how you can and should and can be able to shift stuff about to make a series work uh, which has been been you know almost universally praised really Mm. for just how they managed to do it how they managed to get the to organize rearrange and the logistics uh, of doing it
1: and still keep it interesting
0: and still keep it interesting then for next year they've got the plan they've got the signed off calendar of course but they're already working on okay so what are our backup plans so stuff like the first test is meant to happen in spain and madrid has just locked down a little bit more as we re- as we record and there's rumour of that spreading so actually what are we going to be able to do are we going to be able to start there are we going to be able to can we do something else what How do we get stuff around so it doesn't end up stuck in quarantine as well? The logistics with their DHL logistics partner and stuff. Really amazing just the thinking that's going behind it so that if something happens, okay, we move to plan B.
1: And what doesn't help them is the fact that the Extreme E Hmm. has been getting a lot of attention, which of course is going to happen anyway because of the, the... the type of vehicle and the things they're trying to do. But then when you get someone like Lewis Hamilton saying, yeah, I'm going to enter a team that just Mm -hmm. ramps it right up. So then they're taking potential commercial partners possibly away from them. Yeah. At that point. So so there's, you know, this is what happens when you're successful though.
0: Yeah. It's hugely multi-dimensionally. You're no longer disrupting.
1: You are the ones to be disrupted.
0: Yeah, that was motivational. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's well worth a read. Really interesting. If you're interested in logistics and the organisation side and all of that, go have a uh, read because it's it's interesting stuff. Yep, it is. WRC news. There is a story. Yep.
1: There is, well, we've mentioned the hybrid issue, which I think is in, you have to put in inverted commas if you mention those mm. two words together. <laughs> but the deadline that was imposed by the FIA, actually, was supposed to be the end of September for all the teams who were going to agree to take part to have signed. Toyota and Ford had agreed, but Hyundai had not. And there is continuing discussions going on between WRC, uh, the FIA, and Hyundai over this. Because it seems like there is a real big risk that Hyundai may just turn around and go, that's it, we're done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The the thing is that there is a one, as we mentioned last time, we talked about this. There is one company that is providing the technology, and that is called Compact Dynamics. And there's lots of uh, there's lots of queries about payment schedules, what the costs are, and the fact that it turns out because this was this wasn't sorry this was something I hadn't appreciated until I read through this article was that. Compact Dynamics seemed to think that the different teams would share their technical data with them so they could see how the hybrid system was working. Which was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. hang on, fella, that's never so going to no happen. Way. <laughs> no way. No so, way. So uh, that's having to be, you know, expectations are being readjusted, I feel, uh, in the background. So oh, hopefully they can get it sorted soon because what, what it's meant is that the... End of September was to be the sign-off by everybody. And then the 1st of January, the technology was going to be delivered so they could, teams could start testing for in 2021 for for actually starting racing in 2022. That's now been put back to the middle of January 2021 for the technology to be delivered. But that's with the presumption stroke hope that Hyundai say, yes, that's okay.
0: Again, another tricky situation there. Yeah. Yeah, They they could, but this one, to be honest, it's easier to get out of. Yes. Yeah. Or or at least delay. Mm Mm-hmm. One last motorsport thing. Yes. It is October, and uh, Jim Cameron the other week had to announce that the race of remembrance for this year has been cancelled. That causes a couple of challenges, one of which is financial. Mm Mm-hmm. The other one is is that, that some of us have now have this gap in our calendar where we're not going to be able to stand somewhere and get really, really wet and cold.
1: Or fall over and hurt themselves.
0: Or fall over and hurt themselves and make somebody else think they're having a heart attack or anything like that. Um <laughs> over a week over over a weekend at the start of uh at the start of november so there is uh and there's a link in the show notes and we, we will of course be tweeting this out this thing called your race of remembrance it's hashtag your ror and the idea is to to try and 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 just even if it's through Hashtag, even through, if it's through ways of sharing, is people sort of getting together and, and doing something special uh, over that weekend from the 6th to the 8th of, of November this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand. I was flicking back through my photos from last year. I'm just going to stand by a wet roundabout and take pictures of headlights.
1: Do you want me to drive past you just throw water on you occasionally? If, if
0: you could, yes, that would be good. <laughs> and with a wind machine. Throw it to water, and then you can just fall down Mm. every now and again, and that would really help. Yeah,
1: yeah. To the other shoulder.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's symmetrical. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, so what they're they're asking for you to uh, sort of mark the weekend. Hope, ideally, if you can, in a way that raises funds for them, because they make it clear in this article that they're going to be losing out about fifty thousand pounds, which Mm -hmm. goes to show how important the weekend is financially, but. As as anyone who's listened to us cover this, it is far more important to the people that are there mm-hmm. just being there. Uh, and, and the whole weekend is just a, a fabulous event. So if you can think of anything you could do or if you want to mark that, then please do click through on the show notes because there will be this article. But also there'll be a video that James Cameron tweeted out mm-hmm. um, to announce this as well. So have a look at that. And if you can
0: do anything, please do absolutely.
1: Lunchtime read if the uh, hybrid, uh, sorry, if the Formula E uh, shenanigans of the calendar is not enough for you. And this one's from Jalopnik, and it's written by Elizabeth Blackstock, and it's a book review, but it's of this amazing woman, Elspeth Beard, who decided she was going to go on a solo motorcycle journey, but she decided this in 1982 so she saved up a bit of cash bought a bmw motorbike and then went round the world and this is just a the review itself has meant that this book is now in my wish list and will be purchased because this is an amazing story of someone who has had to well put up with a, a catalogue of well any one of the things that happened would probably have sent me home Mm-hmm. Let alone all of them together, and she at no point did she say, "Right, that's it, enough." She just carried on going, which is amazing grit and tenacity, and uh, oof, I'm not sure what else, but just all, almost lunacy, possibly.
0: Mm. <laughs> but I don't. Want to- I I'd, I'd heard of her, I knew the name, but I but reading the article just given a little bit more insight, and and yeah, I'll I'll be adding the book to the list as well. I think,
1: yeah it just it just it sounds a, a, a thoroughly fascinating story and, and just an amazing journey where you of a time when women didn't really go off and do things alone no as well and particularly not everywhere in the, you know across the world so go and have a read of that and then do go and buy the book cuz it looks a cracker yep right alan there's enough bad news and depression and everything around in the world today. Take us to some ridiculous optional extras, please.
0: Yes, Richard Dredge and Autocar has written the most extravagant optional extras you can buy. Uh, And just asking the question, just how much can you spend by ticking boxes on your new car? Uh, And the list highlights some of the more out there ones, (laughs) Uh, I think. Uh, So, yeah, it's a list of 20. So there's, there's lots of lots of good stuff. Was there a particular favourite that you'd spotted? Do you think?
1: Well, there's two, and one is just because it's it's daft, and the other one is because I can't grasp the thinking from the car manufacturer. So, I'll go with the one that I think is the thing. You can come with a this is just insane to spend money on, mm. but I can't believe Ferrari charge you over two thousand pounds to have. Apple CarPlay in your own car.
0: Yeah. The, by the way, the, the manufacturers generally included in this, you can probably name them without seeing the list. <laughs> yes. All right.
1: So if you got if you got a particularly out there or, or something that if money was no object, you still wouldn't buy optional extra.
0: Oh, if money was no object and I still wouldn't buy it, oh, that's got to be the two tone Maybach paint. <laughs> most of them i mean ignoring things like golf bat bags which i i would ignore anyway uh which i I wouldn't have need for then no the 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 two-tone paint is is up there you know the pro uh uh, i'm sorry i'm it's it is of course right at the far end and i can't work out how to scroll the autoclass slideshow so i'm having to click through the
1: twelve thousand eight hundred pounds
0: Twelve thousand eight hundred pounds to make your car, as it says here, look like a nineteen fifty seven MG Magnette. <laughs> I can never pronounce that Magnette. And it's 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 just grim. It is awful. Why would why would you do? No that? matter how much. Sorry, even if it was five hundred pounds, I still wouldn't have it. No. So twelve thousand eight hundred is just because it doesn't appear just, to line just, up to with
1: anything where they've decided it's going no. to be two toned. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just. It's like, below
1: what? the line of the windows. It's through the middle of the rear lines. The only thing. Oh, sorry, no, no, it's the, the, chrome trim on the boot. That's what it lines up with. Mm-hmm. The bottom yeah. of that. There you go. That's what it's all taken its cues from. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, whenever I'm ordering my next Maybach, I won't be. I won't. I won't bother. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Right, so I'll move us on to the end finally, and
1: that is that the senior research engineer, Becky Mueller, from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safeties in America, used some of the extra time she had during lockdown and the pandemic to go back to a very worthwhile childhood experiment and testing and that is crash testing lego cars and there is this superb stop motion film on the tweet which is linked in the show notes so you can watch what's happening here but I just i love that i i i love the idea of it i love the fact that they're giving us an idea of what actually goes on
0: yeah as well it's just brilliant a minute and a half of stop motion animation using lego uh, minifigs and and just a whole a whole crash test lab built to Lego. It's really good. It's just just really good. Yep.
1: enjoyed that a lot. Good spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Good spot. Right, uh, that brings us to the parish notes then. It does. Uh, so this week, uh, the new monthly schedule for Zoom Zoomers. Uh, of course, yesterday as we record, uh, Monday night was the first uh, was the first Monday in October. So that's recorded and out. And we talk about stuff, some of which we've talked about again here, but never mind. Already in the show notes, the link. Yes. Dare I ask about special editions?
1: I want to say yes. I'm hoping to say yes.
0: Okay, well, you left it in the list there, so you can decide whether to edit out that response or not. And last but not least, I wanted to include a chap called Andrew Till. I don't really know him. Uh, He just appeared on Twitter the other week, uh, the other day, actually, talking about going, uh, basically doing uh, Canterbury to Land's End to John O'Groats to Canterbury again by EV in three days.
1: Only a lunatic could do something like that, Alan.
0: It is. Well, to be honest, it's the first time I've seen something like this in the UK where I thought, wow, that guy's a bit of a nutter. That's worse than us uh and but is he's it now taking today well i, I think don't... it's on a par three I th- days i, I think, think he's it's on a par de- with definitely, us definitely i think it's definitely on a par is he on his own and um he no he has a he certainly had a co-driver oh, today a co- good. he drove to he drove to to land's end yesterday uh on his own and then drove up and met someone on route mm-hmm uh, who's who's now co-driving. Oh, crikey, he's had some cracking weather as well.
1: Oh, poor Andrew.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's had some bad weather. and He's driving a Kia e-Niro, his own Kia e-Niro. Okay. Just as it is and and doing that. And at the same time, he is raising money for... Dum, 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 uh, raising money for the Stroke Association, the British Lung Foundation, and the Great Ormond Street Hospital. So there is a link in the tweet that's linked. To his just giving page, but he's also a thread uh, on Twitter just to follow along how he's doing and support what he's up to. He's using lots of Ionity and other bits and pieces too, and it's it's cool. It's I'm really interested to see how he gets on with this. Uh, his one of his first challenges, by the way, was of course the fact the charger from a charging company that shall go unnamed at Land's End wasn't working. Oh,
1: we have been there, sir. We have. Been
0: we, we have we totally have totally felt and pain <laughs> yes <laughs> <And> yes <wept. laughs> pretty much pretty much only saved by a very good cornish pasty for breakfast yes uh that so so yes yeah, so he's doing that so so do follow along he's he's at oh god pun here at tiller the hun so it's <laughs> ampersat and then ti the oh it's actually tiller the nun It's even worse than that. It's Ampersat, T-I-L-L-A-T-H-E-N-U-N. he's called Andrew Till.
1: Okay, I'll have link in the show notes to that, actually. I'll I'll make sure that's in. Yeah, I do.
0: Yeah so so yes all good there and that just about does it for uh this week don't forget between now and next time you can give us any feedback share your thoughts for the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities please don't forget about our patreon uh, or any of the other ways to support us available but dot slash support and please leave a review and rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? The best
1: way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to hear more fantastic tales of dodging cyclists on the pavements of Corby, what's the best way for them to do that personally?
0: Uh, You can uh, receive bad language directly to your Twitter where I'm at AJPBradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. I say we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.